Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of iZombie Radio. I am one of your hosts, Blaze Hopkins. Uh, excited to kick off another week, another uh, podcast, Talking Zombies. And I'm here with my two co-hosts, uh, Chris King. How you doing, Chris? Doing pretty well, Blaze. Excited to talk about uh, some of these uh, some of these episodes on our rewatch and uh, recaps here. Uh, they're two pretty pretty great episodes, and uh, just happy to be back after Thanksgiving. Very full still, but uh, you know, it's always good chatting about <laughs> iZombie with you guys. Of course, dude. Of course. And we also have the spectacular Snarky Sean. How you doing, Sean? Hello. I am doing quite well. Um hungry at the moment, but <laughs> I'm always hungry. He got he got double alliteration there, spectacular and snarky. I know. Exactly. I should I should just change my name to that. Uh, I'm done. Thank you, Blades. <laughs> and then and then added the in front of it. Oh the now a superhero. Yep. Now I'm a superhero. <laughs> always wanted to be a superhero. Yes, sir. <laughs> Well, that's good. I'm glad to hear you are both doing well. Um, so we'll kick it off with uh, some news for the week. Again, it's the off season, and news has been pretty light. Um, again, we know it's a relatively long time until season three comes around. So um, the main piece of news this week is just that yesterday, November 28th, was Malcolm Goodwin's 34th birthday. So... Happy birthday, Malcolm! Um, we wished him, Woo-hoo. yeah, we wished him a happy birthday from our Twitter. Thanks to Sean, who got a like from someone, right? I think. Yes, we did. We did get the like. I screenshotted it and everything. Yes, <laughs> and he is talking about Malcolm Goodwin himself. Acknowledged our presence, which so. is fantastic. He was one of the more fun interviews I had at Comic Con, and I got a few questions in with him. Yeah, no, he's oh. always been a good guy. I know Chris, like, we've had some good experiences with him, right? Oh, uh, yeah. I mean, we got a photo with him and Rahul uh, back in 2015 at Comic-Con. Mm-hmm. Uh, because Jealous. We, <laughs> yeah, well, we, fu- funny, quick quick aside story here. Well, Blaze and I were in the press line before the iZombie press room. We were in the press line for the 100, and that ran long. And so then we got to iZombie late and, like, barely had room at the tape press, like, the the round table. And uh, we didn't get to interview Rahul or Malcolm. So afterwards we went up to him and we were just like, hey, guys, we love the show. Wish we could have interviewed you. Is it, would you mind if we took a quick photo? And they were, like, so chill about it. So, uh, uh-huh. yeah, that was a good day. I got a photo with Eliza Taylor before that, too. Yes. Uh, iZombie is good people. Izabi's good people, the hundreds good people, the CW's good exactly. people. Exactly. But, uh, but yeah, happy happy birthday, Malcolm. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I uh, it's cool. It's it's I guess a lot of uh, a lot of the iZombie folk have like fall birthdays. Uh, yeah. It seems like. Yeah. And uh, but uh, but yeah, I mean, I I mean, this was the first actually like the first show I've ever seen him in, and he's been great as Clive, and you know. That's uh, yeah. Just glad he had a seemingly had a good day. There's a lot of funny photos too that the cast posted on Twitter about it. They're always goofing off on set. That's <laughs> probably one of the more fun parts about this cast. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. The, the the one photo Rose posted especially was really funny. 
Yeah, so, I mean, always fun to celebrate uh, nice guys and good actors' birthdays. So, again, happy birthday, Malcolm. And our next piece of news, which is more of an update, I guess, is we've talked a lot about how they have released two uh, Funko Pops uh, of iZombie, that non-convention uh, exclusive ones, so those can be found in the wild, and my girlfriend and I actually found one this past weekend at a Barnes & Noble, and we picked it up, so... Um, she, yeah, it's, we're seeing them in the wild now, just so everybody knows to kind of keep their eye out if they can collect Funkos or anything, or pass them by like an FYE or Hot Topic or Barnes & Noble or something. Um, if you're looking for that pop, we got the Hot Sauce and Brains one, which in my opinion is like the best one they've put out so far, so. They're also on Amazon as well. Yes. Probably for even like cheaper than half the stores at this point. <laughs> yeah, I think so. But yeah, you know, those are definitely <clears throat> available now, and I don't know how common they're going to be, but uh, they're available now. So if you're looking for one, I would snatch it up. Yeah, I wanna, I wanna get another one to add. I got the San Diego exclusive, but I want, I like that one a lot. But I want, like you said, I want like the hot sauce and brains, or so I want live in her actual like lab coat. Yeah, no, exactly. I think it's cool. Like, I like that they, that's what I like, you know, that it, it's, like, you could add, you could add the second one to your collection, but it'd be cool because it, it does represent, like, the different, uh, different, like, stages of her character and stuff. For sure, for sure. So, but yeah, that's, uh, that pretty much wraps up our news. Like I said, uh, light, light week, light time period right now. Not much, not much going on, but... Uh, that'll lead us into the second portion of our episode tonight, which will be our episode reviews. So this week we uh, took a look at episode 10 and 11, so we'll kick things off with episode 10, titled Mr. Berser Berserk. And uh, this is the episode where Liv goes on to a journalist's uh, psychotic brain or PTSD brain, um, and it really, like, impacts her, her dealing with... It's the alcoholism brain, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, actually. And, uh, and basically, like, or yeah, not the PTSD brain, but basically... That's the like, next episode. <laughs> but basically, like, because of that, she starts going into a more alcoholic path and, uh, dealing with lol in some interesting ways, and, uh... And yeah, so it's another interesting episode. Sean, what did you think about this episode? It was it was fun. It definitely was different seeing her deal with the actual addiction part of it. Because I think up to this point she hasn't had an addict brain mm -hmm. in any capacity. So the fact that she just needed and kept getting a ton of alcohol... It played for a very interesting sort of live throughout the episode. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. And that's what I think, like, this season does so well, is, like, when it when they introduce us to, like, these brains, you know, I feel like, I feel like this is why, like, this is why the show is so good and, like, so well-written, is because, you know, there are so many uh, stereotypical things they could do with, like, these brains and things like this, you know, like, 
like alcoholism and stuff and she's never but like they really utilize it like you said like it's the first time that she's really been exposed to something like this and the just the progression of things and like how they how they planned out this season it's just like really nice job because it's it's a perfect follow-up to everything that happens with lol and um and it creates for like a very interesting uh episode chris uh, what are your yeah. thoughts well, you kind of you kind of touched upon something I wanted to say, which is that this is the perfect spot for an episode like this. That you know, live live kind of. She wants the alcoholic brain, you know, to yeah. sort of order to kind of in order to deal with this loss. And I think that's something, you know, I'm obviously not encouraging or supporting addiction, but I feel like that's a very common response to loss, to grief, is to escape in some way whether that escape is healthy or not and so that's why i really love about this episode is how the iZombie team takes their you know supernatural sci-fi element of live eating brains and getting the visions and everything and and makes it very human and makes it very relatable um you know we've all lost somebody very important to us in our lives and we've all probably you know like i said tried to try to deal with it in a certain way, maybe not by, you know, getting drunk to the extent that Liv does here. But um, I think it just was really, really, you know, powerful in a way. And this is kind of, I mean, we see Liv deal with loss later this season and into season two, but this is really like kind of like the first emotional gut punch um, mm-hmm. that she that she receives and that we receive as viewers. And I just think the show handles it in such a, a, such a really well done way with a really, again, a really entertaining is the wrong word for this brain because i don't think it's 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 you know it's something sadder it's something deeper than that but uh it's a really uh compelling uh storyline that they use this brain and and i I just again i find myself uh being able to relate to it in in a way that maybe some of like the fun brains that lives on sometimes i can't i i kind of get the laugh entertainment value out of them but this one it kind of struck more of a chord with me um, and, uh, and yeah, I mean, I really, I, Rose is just, she's fantastic throughout the whole episode. And I mean, she always is, but like, you know, we know how good she does the comedy, but she does the dramatic moments just, just as well. And she shows that really well here. Um, yeah, definitely. But yeah. And I think like another, like aligning with, I think what else the episode does really well is how it aligns, um, like, Major's story, um, sort of with, it. like, his story runs parallel, like, to Liv's in a way, and sort of the emotion she's feeling, because this is the episode where, Cl- where Major, uh, Clive basically says that he, he tells Major he thinks, like, he's uh, a little crazy, and that he mm-hmm. should check himself into a mental hospital, um, and, you know, so I think, like, it's interesting to see, sort of, how, like, Liv, on one hand, is, like, trying to suppress, you know, the the death of Lowell. And just sort of, like, not suppress it, but just sort of, like, avoid it, you know? Or, like, divert from it. Like, she thinks that the drinking and everything, like you said, like, she invites it. Definitely, and it's... And, um... Well, and so I was going to say, like, going off of that, I think it's interesting, then, how, like, Major is 
is like feeling suppressed, you know, by everybody because like they won't believe him and they won't really help him. So I find, I think that's interesting how they're I think that like just uh something I kind of noticed I thought was interesting. Well, and, and also how they're they're kind of putting them all on the same trajectory in a way where you know well R- Ravi can't he's he's there for live as much as he can be in this episode, and then they kind of team up near the end and and kind of start to plan on how they can take down Blaine. And mm-hmm. even though and even though Major ends up in the institution at the end after dealing with Clive, we know he's still on the track of, of getting to Blaine, and it kind of sets up this collision course for you know, these last couple episodes of the season where even though you don't know how it's going to play out, you know that it's going to collide. No, exactly. uh, And that's why I think it's like the show is just so clever and so like, just like carefully thought out and detailed is because it's like, like things like that, you know, like these two characters, they can basically be seemingly like taking different paths to get to the same end game. Well, yeah, and I think, too, it just, again, kind of shows the show doing well by major. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, he can't, it, it, you know, this is kind of like, I guess, a little bump in the road um, with him getting institutionalized. But then he has the moment with Scotty at the end of the episode when he's first introduced where he mentions, he mentions zombies, yeah. you know, for the first time. And, um I believe that's at the end of this episode, right? Because yes. you watched the two. I want to make sure I'm not, like, conflating them. No, it uh, is, because basically, like you said, like, Major checks in, and then they, they do the, like, group talk, and then afterwards I thought he comes up it, to him in the it, hallway. It, yeah, and it ends right there. Yep. Um, and, um, and so, and so, yeah, yeah. Um, now I lost my train of thought. Way to go, Chris. Sorry. Uh, but, <laughs> uh no, no, that's my that was my bad because I had a I had, I just sort of trusted myself that that's how it ended, um, but yeah, it's uh, crap. Yeah, no, okay, so yeah, this is like a minor speed bump for Major, uh, but then he still kind of gets that little bit of information there at the end. So like while it you know it kind of seems like it's a detour at first, it actually you know him getting into this mental hospital and meeting Scott E might actually be one of the most important parts of the puzzle. Yeah, pretty much. And on top of that, I mean, and then, again, sort of the last thing, like you said, the piece of the puzzle, um, this is the first episode where we meet Vaughn. Yes. Steven Weber, man. Oh, Vaughn D-Bag Clark. Yeah, Sean, how do you feel about, uh, like, seeing (laughs) Vaughn again now, like, on a (laughs) rewatch? He's still by far one of my favorite antagonists. Because he's just so full of himself. Yeah. And he thinks he's doing what's right, but, like, that's the ultimate, like, villain right there, is someone who believes he's doing the right thing, but going about it in all the wrong ways. Yeah, he's, like, he's charming, but slimy. It's great. His hair hair was super long back then, too. (laughs) Yeah, I, uh... This was, it was funny because I think when, yeah, when like it was like kind of like a, a joke online because Steven Weber, who plays Vaughn, like when when this episode aired originally, was literally like I think he was on Sleepy Hollow and like two other genre shows, and he just kept appearing and he was like everywhere on TV, and yet he made each character so different 
And I remember because the other character on Sleepy Hollow he played was this like nice, upstanding guy. And then I saw him in this, and I was like, "Damn, dude, you're good at playing a dick." Like, <laughs> was like, uh, and I, I love, love Vaughn. I mean, he, he even just not even favorite like one of my favorite antagonists. He's one of my favorite characters. Period. Like just from an entertaining standpoint, where he makes you laugh when you don't want to laugh, and. He's a villain that, you know, uh, that you love to hate, you know? when he, when just he... so outlandish. Yeah, it absolutely. is amazing. Yeah. Oh, definitely, dude. And that's the thing, like, because the worst villains to me are the ones where I'm like, ah, oh, he showed up, get him off the screen, like, I want him to die. Like, I... I want to control the world. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Like, I want Vaughn to die, but, uh... At the I, same time, not. You don't, you don't you're like, this is too entertaining! Well, exactly, but like that's the thing. Like, I don't want him to die because I want him off the screen because the character's boring. I want him because that's what he like deserves for all the crap he's pulling. But, uh, but yeah, dude, just, again, I mean, I applauded Rose's performance, but Steven Weber, I mean, he's not even in this episode a ton, and the impression he makes, and obviously... Everybody loved him because, spoiler alert, he's in a whole bunch of season two. Uh, and um, it just, uh, yeah, man. I, I mean, spoiler, just... he's the big bad of season two. Oh, God. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> hey, I said spoiler ahead of time. Uh, yeah, but, uh... <laughs> but yeah, man. Uh, yeah, that's really, like, I just, oh, I also, like, it just to me, like, I remember when I first watched this, and uh, I actually brought up my old review of this, and I kind of felt the same way. Which is like you don't expect Mac, Max Rager really to like come back into play after that initial episode that we meet Lowell, and then it's kind of funny like after he dies and then it comes back into play in this major in this major way, and obviously that carries on through through season two. But it's just funny like this little I shouldn't say little corporation, but this kind of like seemingly episodic antagonist turns out to be this whole big thing. Um, I, I thought that was interesting and really smart by the iZombie writers to like, okay, we're going to drop this in near the beginning of the season and then boom, we're going to make it, we're going to make it a big, big thing near the end. Um, yeah, I, yeah. Oh, and then the whole thing with, uh, what's his name too? The, the Max Ranger guys, uh, Sebastian or whatever his name is. Yeah. Seabass. <laughs> yeah. So we, we have a really good friend by that name. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty funny. Sebastian, a.k.a. Commander Steel from Legends of Tomorrow. Oh, shoot, that is him. That is. Wow, really? I saw that episode of Legends of Tomorrow, I'm like, wait a minute, he looks familiar. Holy (laughs) crap. (laughs) Huh. And the CW reusing its actors yet again. Um, But, uh... But yeah, I uh, I don't know. I'm like rambling at this point. Glad glad Vaughn was in there. Glad Max Ranger came back in. It sets up interesting stuff. Yeah. So um. But yeah, I mean, you, either of you have any uh, like closing thoughts or last things you want to add about this episode? Because I'm pretty much. I don't know. You guys. Are... It was. For me, it was really sad when, at the end of the episode, they had to determine that his death was a suicide because mm-hmm. it's like mm-hmm. you know who did it you yeah. know who did it but you can't say without revealing this entire covered conspiracy of zombies in seattle mm-hmm. especially when 
the chief is, or police captain is one himself. Yeah. Well, yeah, and and Liv kind of now fully knows how much power Blaine has in the police yeah. department, and and that's what makes it just so in Seattle alone. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Exactly. And I mean, I would also say too. I mean, I mentioned how like you know, this is the most uplifting episode of iZombie, but I still love how they sprinkle humor in. You know, with the, like there's the little moment with Clive walking in to see Liv's lunch, and like yeah, he's and like, oh that. Yeah, right. <laughs> It's like, oh, that smells delicious. Or like when Liv's in front of um, uh, Clive and Robbie in the morgue, and she's like spinning around because she, you know, with her being her being like drunk and everything, and just like, you know, that's what I love about this show is like even in its like most intense or darkest episodes, they they still deliver something that that will make you smile and make you laugh. Yeah, it never definitely. takes itself too too seriously. Um, but yeah, I I don't have I don't have anything more to say except, I mean again like these these final few episodes I said this last week, um, with how uh, Patriot Brains is one of my favorites of the season. Really like these last kind of four or five episodes of the season period are are some of the best. Um, but uh, but yeah, speaking of let's uh, let's get into the other one. Yeah, so our other review for the night is uh, episode eleven, which is titled Astro Burger and. This uh, episode starts off with the death or murder of Scott E, uh, <laughs> which is pretty sad. But uh, but essentially, I just, I just I just love that it's Scott E. Sorry, I know, right? I just... <laughs> but essentially, it's not Scotty. Uh, it's Scott E. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it essentially puts uh, Liv on. I don't know, like what you would officially call them, kind of like crazy paranoia. Um, brain right is was there an official Uh, no i don't know if there's ever like an official diagnosis given to what scotty was dealing with druggy Um, brain i don't even know if i'd call it that because he's like more uh, like a mental illness or like kind of like yeah yeah i mean schizo yeah that's what i'm saying it's more of like a paranoia ish uh well, yeah, and I mean, she has hallucinations. Yeah, obviously. and she like, because this is where she talks to the the cheesy puffs. Uh, <laughs> she devil. talks to the devil. Yeah, but, and then obviously Johnny Frost isn't really there. But and, yeah, so she yeah. sort of like goes. The big thing is uh, the whole episode feels like it has Liv basically going on a make believe adventure with Johnny Frost, and I I think it's like really heartfelt, you know, and, and it's like a lot of fun. And I, 63 I still, degrees, 17 I st- Celsius. <laughs> I still remember watching this episode the first time around. And I was, like, definitely disappointed, you know, when they revealed that he was a hallucination. But that effect, <laughs> though, of him just sort of, like, phasing out, like, he was, like, a hologram, that was brilliant. Just because, like, he's a lot of fun, and in this episode, just, like, t- to sort of hear... You know, like, oh, like, somebody had a legitimate, like, like in a weird way, like, caring relationship with Scott E. Mm-hmm. And, like, I don't know, I just love the whole buildup of that, that, like, I would just wish it was real, kind of. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I, I know what you're saying. I, I agree. And, I mean, what I love about that, too, is just how, like, the kind of fun of the Johnny Frost part of it sets you up for the the oh crap part at the end where 
you know, you think that Liv told Major and that everything's okay. Mm-hmm. And then, oh, wait, no, it's not. <laughs> she hallucinated that. And yeah. he actually, he knows they're zombies and he wants to kill them. And, um, it's, uh... And that moment, Liv's just like, oh, no, oh, no. Yeah, it's just like, oh, all this stuff I was trying so hard to separate, and it's all coming crashing down. And um, it's blowing up in my face. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, I think that's what, and, and that's what I like about this episode, too, personally for me, is um, it's a good, it's like, it, it doesn't, yeah, it uses the kind of delusion hallucination trick, but it, it uses it to kind of, Uses it for fun, but it also uses it for something important. Yeah. Which is which it which is that kind of oh crap moment at the end. Um, because some shows I'm like, uh, I get kind of tired of dream sequences. They're a little played out, and um, but this this worked for the entertainment value of Johnny Frost, and uh, who I'm so happy he's coming back in season three. Uh, but uh, and then just also for again then for that more serious part. Um, sorry, Blaze. Go ahead with what you were saying. No, yeah, I agree. Um, and I think again, this like, just like continues to build towards the end. It's like a, a fun episode and pretty, but still like pretty sincere. Um, with that whole like Johnny, well, Johnny Frost plot. Um, but yeah, again, it's like this is the episode where you find out uh, astronaut Alan York is like missing, mm-hmm. and essentially like Blaine. Uh, is now is the behind it all and creating a like higher quality sort of like premium brain to offer his customers for two hundred grand a pop. Yeah, he is making a killing off of this brain. A hundred percent profit because uh, hey, a he, killing he is that pun, is that is that pun intended? Is that pun? Intended? Oh, <laughs> it's always always intended. Uh huh. But yeah, so he's selling those, and then, like, yeah, the entire, essentially, like, it it all kind of, like, wraps together, where, because, like, you find out Scott E. supposedly had a video from the boat party that, like, confirms and clearly reveals zombies, <laughs> and that uh, is what, like, sends Liv off, and then it sends uh, Blaine and Julian off to find it as well. And uh, Major, is, Major obviously is trying to track it down too. So, a lot of like moving parts in this episode that are a lot of fun, and it, it all it really like sets a lot up. I thought this was a really like, I think that to me this episode is like the the like full transition into like the final act of the first season. No, um, definitely. Definitely, and, and sorry, real quick, I just want to add, like, you're totally right in that it's a setup episode, but you know it's a good upset setup. Uh, you know it's a good setup episode because it doesn't like it doesn't feel like one. No, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It still keeps its sincerity, and like they they still are able to like have fun with it, and uh, and that yeah, like not take away from the development, but they are able to seamlessly like make it flow into this single episode and oh. uh but yeah like just because by the end of the episode like 
so you know so much sort of happens where like uh major learns about blaine and julian's involvement with like meet cute and that's sort of being their base of operations and then at the very end he steals the brains right yep so you know he, he that is sort of like the final act that again like you know it's, it's gonna push towards a a big confrontation Exactly, it puts him in Blaine's sights, mm-hmm. whereas, be- again, before, they sort of viewed him just as a nuisance. Now yeah. he's an actual, now he's actually a threat to their enterprise. Yeah, because and... he takes, like, I mean, I don't know the number of brains, but at 200 grand per brain, and you know, and those are, like, already ordered and everything. Yeah. He's, he, yeah, he's having an impact now. <laughs> he's getting their attention. um and then i i mean with all that going on too there's there's uh god there's so much in this episode you're right i mean ravi thinks he gets a cure uh he has a cure we get to see him and peyton together which is fun um that whole sequence of them sitting on the couch about to watch something and then (laughs) ravi reading the back of vertigo going "Eh, no no not a good idea yeah, 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 yeah. Major throwing in his <laughs> suggestion, and everyone just being dead silent. Ex- exactly. It's just, oh man, that's like those are some of my favorite scenes when they're all together. Um, especially when they all have knowledge of zombies later on in the show too, like, and can kind of just like, kept you know they that oh, God they're just they're just like great like friend friendship scenes together between the the four of them. Yeah. But um. But, um, yeah. God, there's, like, almost too much in here that I feel like I'm forgetting stuff, but at the same time, it's, like... Well, we had we had Major, Julian, and Blaine all go to Scott E.'s apartment, and Blaine and Julian set it on fire, <sighs> oh, thinking right. that the yep. video was in there, but in reality, it was in the, uh, the, uh... Nurse's house in the in the toilet mm-hmm. with a bunch of drugs, and had a very interesting interesting conversation with fake Johnny Frost. Yeah, well, and, and two, it's like when when Liv sees that video of herself, it's it's kind of striking in a way for her to kind of. I mean, it's not only like one. I can't let this get into someone else's hands because they'll have some proof of, about who I am or what I am. But it's also like her watching how how savage she was when she first was a zombie, you know, mm-hmm. and kind of her going into full on zombie mode, and you know, in a lot of ways, I mean, obviously, it's maybe not right, you know, there on the screen for everybody to see, but kind of like thinking, wow, like how lucky am I that I have this situation with the morgue that I'm able to, you know, uh, keep you know keep myself you know in this kind of regular state because if not, that's what I would be all the time. I would be bashing skulls in and getting brains i i i love how you know there's always there's these horror elements to i zombie and and like when the, and when they come out they're they're very you know very striking but they're a reminder of what Liv has gained through her you know through her life at the morgue um i don't know i'm probably making too much of it but i just i love that that scene for not only the oh crap i have to hide it but just also her kind of watching herself. It's, it's, mm-hmm. 
Yeah, no, I definitely agree with that. Sean, what are you? You have any uh, additional thoughts on this episode? Um, no, I really don't. It was, it was a nice little uh, episode to sort of begin the descending action into the climb, or no, the final climb to the climax. Yeah, definitely. Forgetting like, the roller coaster of story structure for a second. <laughs> I'm in a class all about story structure. I should know <laughs> where it is. It's the rising action right now. Tension is building. Yeah, no, ab- absolutely though. Like we we like we said <laughs> kind of about episode 10, you know, you see you you see sort of like the seeds being planted in episode 10 and like a little before that that clearly um, a conflict is coming and like a confrontation between everybody. And yeah, Sean, exactly like you brought up how they're all, the three of them are like in his house at the same time and everything. And like, you know, it, the, the trail is getting narrower kind of like the trail to this end game. And this, this episode, episode 11, like really for me, for me, excuse me, um, what like really sticks out is just the fact that you know, you're starting to get uh, clear physical, like, crosses between characters and storylines, and it's starting to get a little more, like, tense, a little more exciting, and there's a ton going on, so. Another, like, to me, another just, like, solid, solid episode. Yeah, this show, this show doesn't have many bad ones. No. <laughs> it's, it's very calculated, and that that's been one of the major things to stick out at me um, through, throughout our rewatch so far. How well paced everything is. Yep. Yeah. Just and, like and it's, well, it's so yeah. calculated down to uh, which plot points like they want to hit in each episode. Yeah, the pacing, just like knowing when to strike, kind of, and uh, and which brain to accompany, like with that emotion or feeling or whatever that they want to elicit out of the viewers and like live as a character. It's mm-hmm. yeah, it's, it's just very well done. Totally. But, uh, that, uh, pretty much does it for us tonight. Uh, that, that concludes our episode 11 review, right? Um, so that'll take us to our, uh, our plugs, our closing plugs. So, obviously, uh, like usual, you can find us at iZombie Radio, Radio. and uh, (laughs) we'll be posting our reviews, we'll be retweeting birthdays, you can find our news there, but we're trying to, you know, keep you guys updated, as always, on anything that drops leading up to this Season 3 premiere, and uh, anything important you know that's fun if you like the show and also check us out on facebook iZombie radio again give us a like on the page you know like us on twitter uh review us on itunes that would be a huge help rate and review us on there um we are on stitcher we are actually on the google play store now oh, and I know. we are now on TuneIn radio yeah, I just got those emails today. Or, Sean's yeah, been, today, Sean's been killing it lately, and he's been, you know, really trying to uh, expand our platforms and where we appear. So, you know, we we want to deliver to you guys uh, in as many ways to possible as possible. So, still working on iHeartRadio, so I'll get back to you guys when I figure that one out. But you know, <laughs> that pretty much uh, 
covers us as a whole, but individually, uh, Sean, where can where can they find you? You can find me basically anywhere on the internet at Snarky Sean. I am the pop culture editor over at the Marvel Report, and um, I also host another podcast, the Geekishly Toku Podcast. We haven't recorded an episode in a while. School has kind of been kicking my butt lately, uh, so we haven't had a chance to record that. But I think we're recording an episode later this week, so the time you hear this, we will probably be recording this for the four-part crossover for the DC shows. Awesome. And uh, Chris, where can they find you at? Uh, you guys can find me on Twitter at CKinger13. Um, I post all my reviews and articles for TV Overmind on there, um, along with some like brief movie reviews, especially during this time of the year. Tons of great movies out there. Go see them, guys. Um, uh, especially, especially Moana. That movie's awesome. Uh, I, I want to go see it again. It's too badly, please. Um, but um, I saw Fantastic Beasts instead this past weekend. So oh, Fantastic Beast is still pretty great, but I, I've been like constantly playing and singing the music from Moana since we saw it last uh, Wednesday. And <laughs> yeah, it's just, a like, truly great film. It is, it is. But uh, but yeah, you guys can just find me on Twitter and uh, just please, you know, keep listening to the podcast. We got um we got one more episode planned for you guys this year to finish up season one strong and to finish up the year strong and. Uh, we just really appreciate the support. It means a lot. And uh, just thanks to everybody. So, And you can find me at Blaze Hopkins on Twitter. By the time this episode comes out, the crossovers will all be finished. So you can uh, feel free to check out my reviews of Supergirl and The Flash. And yep. otherwise, I have uh, weekly reviews coming out on TVOvermind.com for South Park and Scream Queens and... Uh, uh, bi-weekly on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and uh, comic reviews over at the Marvel Report. So look out for that on Twitter, and uh, that does it for me. But that'll close us out here for another episode of iZombie Radio. Thanks for listening, everybody. Uh, we hope you all enjoyed it. So from everyone here and myself, have a good week.